Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Prelude to Positivity. My name is Tommy Jirasi, and today my guests are Frank J. Avella, who's a writer, director, producer, and Ace Young, actor, musician from a play called Vatican Falls, which I think you've heard me talk about on here before, but we're going to get into it tonight. Um, you may recognize Frank from his various work and from my podcast previous, and you may recognize Ace from a little show called American Idol, season five, I believe it was. <laughs> hey, nicely done, Tommy. You are correct. <laughs> How are you guys doing? How you doing, I'm, Frank? I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. I'm happy to be here with you guys. This is the best hang I've had all day. Don't tell my wife. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> So we're all coming to you from New York City, which means that we're all familiar with Broadway and it's part of our lives, which is one of the most amazing things about being in New York. And uh, with plays like Vatican Falls, I have personally seen this from the beginning when it was just a room with actors reading a script. So I've seen it in so many different evolutions along the way. So the topic of it is really heavy. Uh, it's about the abuse that young men and I presume women endured from Catholic priests over the years. And Frank, I wanted to know from you, what inspired you to write the play itself? Was it a personal experience or just from hearing other people's experiences? Well, it's, it's highly personal, yes, but actually what inspired me to write it was right after the Boston Globe um, uh, scandal broke in 2002, I, I knew that I wanted to do something with it and and I wasn't sure what and I had written little notes here and there uh, ideas and it wasn't until 2005 that um, my play Iris was playing out in Cincinnati and the um, artistic director there said hey would you write our holiday show and I said are you out of your mind um, and <laughs> me and he said uh, well do you have any ideas and I blended literally blended three ideas and I uh, pitched it to him and he said yes and uh so I thought oh shit I is it okay to say that yeah. <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> I I was like oh shit I've got I've got a play to write now and I I had a sponsor sponsor me to travel to Italy so I I kind of soaked up all of the 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 color there, if you will, and, and got ideas of where I wanted to set the piece. Um, but it was always written for survivors. Uh, you know, that was, it, it was, it was really, really important and specific to the Catholic Church, because I don't think there's any institution in the world that has gotten away with the rape and torture of countless children over and over again without having to in any way uh, answer for it, like truly answer for it. Um, I hope that answers the question, sort of. <laughs> uh, yeah, and for Ace, I wanted to ask you, what drew you to the piece? Because I don't think you're the type of actor that just grabs a role and jumps into it unless it has some type of meaning to you. So what actually drew you to this? You're actually, you're actually very correct, Tommy. If, uh, if I don't have a personal connection to the character when I'm reading it, it's something that I'm not interested in. I, I truthfully feel like this one, being that it is the holiday film that Frank wrote, Happy Holidays. Um, <laughs> I, I, I truthfully, I, I fell into this, this, this film the way that anybody would. I, I call it a film because when I read it, I saw a movie. I legit, for the first time, 
read through the script one read and I saw a movie in my eyes and I'm not a reader that sees movies like I've only had a few books in my life that I've opened up and I don't remember turning the next page I, I legit saw a, a film um, I also had a lot of personal issues with myself with undervaluing myself and then I I, I I went on the biggest public display of in the world, in American Idol with 200 million viewers and criticized myself. And it was something that I needed to do to, to grow to the next level, knowing that things are bigger than just my one person, my one entity. I'm only as strong as the team I have around me. And this, what I say, film, Frank, I, I hope that's a compliment to you that you made something that lasts forever in my head as a movie. I, I, which maybe we'll get to make, that'd be incredible. Um, I already know the script, let's do it. <laughs> Let, <laughs> but, uh, let's do it. <laughs> but this, this literally took me to another place where I not only got to see my strengths of me as the, the now 40, in my 40s man that turns 42 on the 15th of November, I got to see my, I got to see the things I carried that I needed to let go of from my past men in me my 20 year old version of me, my 30 year old version of me, the insecurities that they carried, I had to let them go so that this 40 year old man can step forward. And by doing that, I had to speak about what I went through. I legit went through a lot of stuff in my own life where I dealt with suicide and depression twice before I even got into the high school realm. I was already thinking, how can I get to the highest, highest heaven in the world? Well, you're not judged before you're eight. And if you're in a Mormon church and you don't get baptized because you die, you're going to be right up there at the heaven's gate, making mama so proud that you are there going to the best place for eternity. And when I didn't do it, by the time I was eight, I had shame. I had doubt. I had insecurity. I had quiet time where I had to deal with me. And I never really got to talk about those things because every day I went to church after that to support my mom, everyone asked me, when are you going to get baptized? When are you going to get baptized? every single, every Sunday. And I got there to where I went from age eight to age 16, where I went through another depression. All my brothers left the house when I was 13. And I went from a loud house with a lot of people where I'm the scrappy small guy. My brothers are six, seven, six, four, six, four, six, three. I'm six, one and a runt. I literally am the scrappy one. So I was going from that house that had so much noise where I could jump around. I could, I could literally jump on somebody and wrestle out of nowhere. And we had a ball to a house that had no one and a locked door. They all went to college. Now I have to be with me. Ooh, I wasn't ready. I was, I was in the shame land, still going to church and saying, hearing people say, are you going to get baptized? Are you going to get baptized? Well, when I got 16, I wasn't told, asked, I wasn't asked, are you going to get baptized? I was literally sat down and they said, hey, you're not allowed to go to the next class after sacrament meeting now that you're going to be 16 years old unless you're baptized. How, how do you feel about that? You grew up with these guys. You got your Eagle Scout with these guys. You literally played sports for them so their team wasn't as terrible as they were. And then you went to play sports at your school. So literally, like, I was told I couldn't hang out with my friends unless I dunked myself underwater and promised myself for eternity to a group of people that I didn't want to hang out with since I was eight. And I instantly reached my hand across the table and I said, man, my mom doesn't need me anymore. I'm good. Thank you. And I left and I never got baptized. And it literally was something that they don't even realize in the way of them trying to save my soul, making me make this promise to their eternal 
hierarchy of heaven, which it sounds terrible already. Why would, if there's one, why has there got to be three levels that you never get to transfer from one to the next for eternity? Doesn't make sense. So literally I went from that to being completely free where I got to taste chocolate ice cream and vanilla ice cream to see what I liked, not what my brothers had in the freezer. I didn't have to mix my milk because I got to pick almond milk and I got to pour that on my cereal because I was a grown up and I had money for the first time. I literally got to grow up, but in doing so, I still carried the shame and the resentment and the, the feelings of me not being enough to exist. And I had to fight through those things and I had to make my light bright so that I could love myself love my insecurities and verbally state that I love myself so I could leave the house and love you guys as much as I hope you'll love yourself one day because I love everybody so much but it was the torment that I went through to build the love to build the foundation that made this play resonate with me because now I get to do a show that I actually have experienced the feelings of the show I literally get to I get to take you I hope you've never gone through what we've gone through I hope you've never felt what we felt. I get to take you through a ride where I'm going to personally crucify my emotions for two and a half hours because I'm strong enough to do it and I know where the limit is and I'm not gonna jump, but I'm gonna take you there. And we're gonna walk up to the gate and we're gonna see how beautiful it is. And then we're gonna say, you know what? I don't think we're ready. Let's live a little more. I got 40 more years, let's have some fun. I agree with that for sure, definitely. And it is, I've seen the play, so I know that he, everything you're saying is true, the way you take people on the journey. And it, it was very different this time when I saw it than the others, I think because of that. And the changes, which I want to talk to Frank about, because I noticed there were some changes this time where you added some current events into it and then definitely the addition of the music. So I wanted to know, if was it important to you to include those recent events? And also, was the music added prior to Ace coming on or was that something that you did because Ace came on? Okay, uh, in the very first incarnation, uh, there were six songs in this show. Uh, and I always, I always intended, I, I always saw Ricardo as somebody who sang but couldn't sing. So we got to see him sort of alone with himself and that's where the songs kind of kicked in. Uh, as the play evolved, because the play originally took um, began in 2002, and um, the modern scenes were always in the future, and they're still in the future. And the craziness about this scandal and all the insanity that has happened in the last two decades is all I've had to do was do a little updating, which is really sad when you think about it. So there was another incarnation, and it was then 2000. It began in 2008. And this incarnation where it actually begins in 2013 with the survivors and we get into, you know, the, the pandemic and then the future. In terms of the songs, and I'm going to be brutally honest here, um, whenever we had presentations, staged readings, some of some of which you attended, Tommy, um, I... I was always told that the songs just aren't, people didn't understand why they were there. I understood why they were there, but nobody seemed to get it. So finally, gosh, I think it was, when the fuck was it? 2016, maybe? I threw the songs, I threw, just threw them all out. <laughs> uh, long story short, um, when the tank became interested, I was able to give ironically, Ricardo, his voice back by bringing back one of the songs. And that was done deliberately in the script. When Ace got the script, when all the actors who were auditioning for Ricardo got the script, Sunday morning was there. And it was the only song that was there. 
uh, and that was deliberate. It was, it was, um, I don't know what you'd call it, a, 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 a miracle that Ace came on board and actually also, you know, sang as well as he did and was able to, you know, do what he did with that song. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was happy accident more than anything else. Um, I still one day want to go back to the original with my songs and my original cabaret concept, but that can happen in the uh, limited series for Netflix. There you go. It could also be another additional take when they when they get the uh, the editor's cut. That's right. There you Although go. I would yep. have to say I think it was more meant to be than than a miracle because I feel like everything in life happens for a reason. So Ace coming on at the time he did and bringing it back at the time he did, I feel like that was just a no brainer. And I think it was just like being guided. And sometimes when you listen to the way that everything is guiding you, it turns out better than it would have been than you ever would have thought it was. So I think that in this case definitely is true. I yeah, got some absolutely. really good compliments from Frank, actually. When we first started, it's the first time in my life I've had somebody literally go, Ace, sing worse. Like, he doesn't have his voice yet. Sing worse. And I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot. All right, I'm so sorry. I just hear in for a song, and I'm like, let's do this. We're going to kill it. <laughs> and and it, was, it was a huge compliment for Frank to just be like, he doesn't know how to sing yet until this moment. That's when you let Ace out of the cage. And that was very, very, very powerful for me, even on, in the moment of, of going through everything before that, when I'm just writing the ideas out, it makes me think of it more as a jotting notes and ideas down like you do a voice memo instead of, but it's real. It's, it's how you come up with an idea. You go, hey, I got this idea, but I'm doing something else. So I'm just gonna lay this down real quick and I'm gonna move on and I'll come back to it if I need to, or I'll remember it if it's good. Like it's very realistic. I was, I was very impressed with the song inserts that you did, Frank. Thank you. And, and and to have somebody come on board who instinctually knows the mind of a songwriter, because Ricardo is a songwriter, uh, and the mind of somebody who writes songs basically for catharsis reasons, not necessarily to be performed. Um, that was another, um, well, miracle or meant to be or happy accident, whatever we want to call it. I got thousands of them. <laughs> literally like I, they're not for anybody else they're journal entries i just need to get out of my head so i'll go crazy but speaking about the music part and about ace the performance that i thought was very powerful and i was wondering with you ace is the music something that helps you to connect to the character in this thing and also somehow the music transcends the message in a way and it makes it so universal where anyone and I felt like anyone in the audience is going through anything at that point would connect even if they felt like they weren't connecting with the I think the most Catholic person who absolutely would deny everything the Catholic Church ever did would still connect because of the music so do you you're, find you're spot on dude Tommy you're spot on literally like it, it, when you when you hear the the song I'll send you after we're done with this that I did just as a a vibe from one of the poems that Frank wrote that turned into a longer song in the pre previous runs. Everything is about how you see your world and everyone's going through something on their own. You don't have to be so detailed and so graphic where it has to be a, a black brush. It can just be while you're brushing your hair. It could be while you're, while you're doing the, the things that we all do. And Frank is a brilliant, brilliant lyricist. And as a lyricist myself, I got to dive in and kind of grab the words that felt more universal, like you said, Tommy, to where anybody in any relationship, good or bad situation in that relationship, can reassess 
process their current situation to see if they're on the right side of the relationship or they're in the wrong one entirely for their health and their mental stability. Like that was, that's a big, big thing that I like to do as a songwriter is I like to write for the masses. I want anyone that needs it to be able to use that song and not keep thinking about literal things that are lyrics in the song where it's like, oh, but I didn't have the little red Corvette so I can't play Prince today, you know? Little red Corvette, ooh, ooh. Like it, it's very literal, but Frank does this thing that I do when I write and that's for everyone to use it as their mantra, as their healing source. And that's what it's doing for Ricardo because Ricardo in the, in the play, he is just now getting his footing again. He used to be the kid that would just soar his voice through the church and listen to it burl through the halls. And he was, he literally did effortless, but that was me in real life. I was that kid that was at the mall in the middle of the food court, lugging speakers in and getting paid 30 bucks for a 30 minute set with dancers that I got from a dance studio. And I'm 11 years old. Like that was my money. That's how I made a living. And, and it, was, it was true to form. So I understood everything Frank was trying to lay out there with that character because I had lived it. But I did hit points where I didn't have my voice. For me, it was the minute people analyzed it. The minute I got on Idol, I loved everybody on the show so much that I wasn't in competition with them. We all sound different. We weren't even, we, I mean, it's just like, man, we could all kill this song in a different genre, but why are we competing? Let's just celebrate. And so I kind of went into celebration mode and it shied my voice back. It brought my voice back. And now as a 40 year old man, I feel the resonance before this show. I used to have, I used to have my guts churning before a show when I was in my twenties, man. My first Broadway show, I couldn't have a toilet close enough before they, they pulled that curtain. And then when I did hair, it was the opposite. I felt liberated to let my animal out. This is the first time it's no longer in my guts. I'm resonating from my bone structure. I feel so grounded in the subject matter that it's so pure and so honest that it's beyond what my guts could even give me. I literally am like finding my voice in real life as Ace, as Ricardo is really finding his voice in the play. And, and I get to let it out. I get to let it roar. And I am loving it. I love it. I can't even, I can't even imagine what I'm going to do in the next scenes and the next songs in my life after Vatican Falls because of Vatican Falls. Now, on that note, too, please tell me that there's plans after this current run to do something else. Uh, do you have anything already planned out? Possibly? You think I'm going to let Frank go? Uh, Frank's going to hate me. I'm gonna, I've, I've already got ideas I'm holding from him just to keep, his, keep him on the bait. I got him excited. We, we got things to do, Frank. We got a lot of stuff to do and a lot of people to wake up. And I am, I am forever, always happy to be your soldier, man. I will, I will literally fight for any message that needs to be fought for. And you are the man with the words and the experience behind it. So I am honored. Well, I, I, wow. Yeah. I mean, what do I say to that? You know what I mean? I, I, he's been such an extraordinary collaborator on um, all of this, a collaborator, an incredible collaborator. Um, I mean, everyone has from our uh, co-director, Carlotta Brentan, who was also in the show to the tremendous cast. Ace has this instinctual way of getting into the, the core of a character um, that, you know, I, I think that people who come to see this, I know that people who come to see this will see a whole new person than they ever imagined him capable of, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that. Because from idol to this is like, totally different for sure shit i don't know i was capable with it until we opened up till we did that first <laughs> show i was like i think i got it 
<laughs> and we're still we're still finding our our footing in in preview. So you know, we are. No, it's it's been incredible, and 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 uh, truly, just to be able to know that I am capable. Um, that's a big that's a big trust on you, Frank. So I appreciate you for letting me letting me be the the soldier on this one because I. I really feel like we found it. We found our footing in that last Sunday show of our last preview. It's a, it's a new comfort, man. I have never been this comfortable on stage. And it's so honest. Like, I, I am so spoiled that I found this in the middle of my career where I get to now take this comfort into the next things I do. And I have a masterclass on stage with amazing actors that are just holding it down. They are just holding it down i am hearing these these monologues that just melt me man and i'm right next to them an arm length away and i'm just studying i'm genuinely interested i know where they're going and i'm still interested they're that talented they they are flattening me every single day so i i i feel like i am in the coolest challenge and it's like this this stage is this moment where i go out and i don't i, I know the first scene and i don't exactly know how it's going to go in all the other scenes, but if I do the riddle right, I get to leave in two hours, but I have to be there. Like I can't be in the next. I literally every moment get to be exactly where you're watching. And I've never had that before. It's incredible, Frank. I am so honored, man. Oh my God. Well, likewise, geez. Yeah. But and with all the magnificence of it at this point too, in the beginning, especially when you first wrote it, I know there was a lot of resistance that you met with. Was it ever a point that you felt like it might not ever be seen by anyone because of the topic and also because of the resistance that you were getting and possibly the church itself coming in and being like, no, you know, you can't do this? God, yes. I mean, from the very first, from the, um, there was a full-scale God, yeah, full production in Rome uh, and it was in Italian. And I got off the plane, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I got to the theater and I should have known this because the um, the stage, first of all, I was running a fever and the, the door to the theater closed on me. So I got locked out. That was that was my intro to that that whole experience. I got into the dress rehearsal and they, uh, they all were excited to meet me. And then they were all like, oh, have you talked to the director? Basically um, the co-producer had pulled the plug. So the night before opening, there was no show. I never got to see what they had done. Uh, we were told that there were death threats. I never got any, so I have no idea. I'm not gonna say that I did when I didn't. Uh, there was an investigation. From that point on, I was, yeah, I was depressed. I came home incredibly depressed. Uh, you know, uh, how, could, how could something like this happen? Of course, things like this happen all the time. Woe is me, there's terrible things in the world, move on. Um, and as the, the subsequent years have happened, you know, I had a theater, a major theater in New York who was ready to produce it. And then Benedict resigned. And she, she looked at me and said, I don't want to kick a dog when it's down. And I was well, like, you've you got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah, you bury a dog when it's down. That's what you do. Yeah, exa exactly. And you know what she did? She went on to produce a pro Vatican show that summer. So, okay. Uh, you move on. And I, I, you know, again, I kept moving on and I, I never thought this play would see the light of day um, for, for many different reasons, not just not just for the Vatican, but because of the nonlinear structure. Uh, and, you know, again, so many different, you know, reasons. And when the tanks said that they were going to do it, I thought, oh, OK, this is great. It's not going to happen. And then the pandemic hit mm -hmm. and it didn't happen. 
Uh, and now we actually have four performances under our belt, and I am gobsmacked by that uh, in the best way. We made it. We, we made did. it. We did. We did. Now we get to celebrate it for three more weeks before we find a producer to make this thing in a movie. And exactly from your mouth to God's ears, because this really, truly is a limited series. It was always in my head that way. There are so many stories to be told. There, there are women who were abused uh, as well. Could you imagine the amount of like real stories that can be pulled into something like that? Um, so, you know, that's that's the hope. That really is Tommy, the hope. Tommy, I can personally say I've had I've had literally like people calling me out as I as I go through the town. I'm getting harassed and heckled. When I came, Frank, I didn't even tell you the day I came to do that extra little press day. Yeah. Before I even got to my train, I had a churchgoer screaming at me before I got in the entryway to get my my pass for my train. I was walking in and a guy was waiting for me. And he was standing there and he literally at the top of his lungs kept screaming, you're an asshole, you're an asshole. There's three other wow. people. And I said, brother, I have an asshole. So do you, I love you. Let you want to talk about it? Just kept screaming. I got an, I had to get a new ticket and everything. I couldn't go through the walking thing. So I literally, while well, he's yelling, he probably yelled it 30 times. I just, I kept, I got my ticket. My heart rate didn't even go up. I knew he wanted me to act physical so he could trip and fall and I can't go to work. That's what I went through, just getting to work. So I literally wow. walked out and I, as I walked out, he ran like a dog that I kicked and he was trying to act like it was this big thing. And I was super calm. I had my back, backpack guitar on. I had my bag in the front. And I literally said, brother, if you want to talk about this, maybe love yourself a little more. This could be a great thing for you to come watch. And then he ran away. And I told all 300 people at the 72nd entrance, right, right here. I said, hey, show's over. But if you guys want to see a good show, Vatican Falls. That's a tank. <laughs> and then I went in and then I went and did press with, with, with you, Frank, that morning. Oh, my God. That's, that's unbelievable. No, you didn't tell me about that. I'm not surprised. I, I didn't want to throw it on you, but I'm getting, I'm getting some, some weird, weird text in and, some, and I've had death threats before. They don't scare me. I, I, I literally, if you write it down, you don't have the guts to do anything. So I, I literally am going through what I'm going through. But at the same point, I am telling everyone that's a churchgoer, this is actually something that can help you. People aren't going to church anymore. If you want to have people actually come to church, you got to say that you handled your shit. And this is part of it. You can't pay somebody off and then say it didn't exist. You got to literally step up, man up, woman up, change some of the, the statues. So it looks like some of the other ethnicities that are flying all the way to New York to come see them and take a picture. Because everyone that's walking up and seeing these statues and being in awe, I'm sitting there thinking, how can you relate? These are a bunch of white dudes. Like I'm blown away if they just wake up and use this saying, yes, this did happen. Instead of having 92 cases in Chicago two, three weeks ago come up, they would literally be able to rebuild their structure so they could say, yes, this did happen. We're, we're aware of it. We're never going to let it happen again. Come back to church and celebrate the family function, the original pilgrimage of the reason for the church in the first place. Yeah. Practice what you preach is what they need to do, right? Yeah. yeah. They and they don't practice that so it's not like it's very hypocritical it's, it is exactly it is very much so very much so and uh one of the problems is that they what they what they do instead is they take the money literally out of the mouths of their congregates and they use that money to hire lawyers to discredit survivors and it happens over and over again in town after town after town new jersey 
just recently had a big um, win for for the survivors uh, in Camden. Actually, it was a, it was a huge win, but it's money. You know what I mean? It's money. It's it's not them trying to really fix anything. Um, they should they should have to use that money to pray for their property tax. They wouldn't have enough money to do all this other crap. I always say that. Why aren't we taxing churches? Yep. I, I'm taxed and I only got an acre in Nashville. Come on. That's right. Yeah. Now I can't have AC here without asking him if he's working on anything else music wise. <laughs> Are you gonna grace us with anything else, possibly? Um, oh, there there is there is <laughs> there is always something going on in the A's world. Um, I, I do have a lot of new material that I've been working on. I actually did a, I did a whole acoustic live album right before COVID. And when COVID shut the world down, all my friends decided to release their memoirs and it didn't feel like time for me to put music into the world. Um, so I'm going to release that at some point soon. I did a whole night. It took me two years to write it. It's just me and an acoustic guitar. I want you feeling like you're at a campfire with me, but it's a sexy campfire. Let's be real. It literally hits the comfort levels of what I love about music. It's not about peacocking and being anything other than comfortable in a comfortable environment. And uh, the very first song is called Up All Night. You can see little glimpses of Up All Night in certain spots online. I've done it at a couple jazz spots just to throw in a different version of it. Um, very, very well received. I uh, did it at Sony Hall when I opened up for Diana when she did her Gemini performance night at Sony Hall and uh, very well received. I also have a song that I did a little musical video driving in my favorite car. I have an 83 Mercedes convertible. It's my cigar car. And when I was in California, I'd always drive Mulholland Drive with the top off and I would smoke cigars until the cigars were done. I'd enjoy the nicotine and the, and the atmosphere. And I took a video of the front hood of my Mercedes. It's this light blue, hasn't been fixed paint-wise since it was made, just like me. You know, that way we're both showing our age. But she runs great, she purrs well. And I did a video and I took a song called Perfect Day. And that's another one that I actually recorded on the acoustic album. And I put it on a video of me driving Mulholland Drive where so many big actors have died racing their cars in, uh, in Hollywood. So I, we almost shit, we almost, lost another one this in two years ago um but we uh i did that and i put it out for free and that one has an alternate thing when i do it live where it's a call and response and that one always gets everyone involved because songs are supposed to be about the people it's not a, supposed to be about an iconizing one person that happens to be the hymn leader it's literally for us to sing it together and rejoice life so I, I will let that out shortly. Um, I do have some other things that we're working on. We're trying to figure out if we're going to Vegas again. Diana and I got to do a Vegas stint at the Venetian last year. We were spoiled, man. We only did four shows a week. I wasn't used to that doing the eight show weeks that I'm always used to. And uh, we, had, we had a ball, but that theater just got took, taken over by six. So six is going to do their musical at that theater. So if we can find a spot that makes sense with our friends that are out there, we might do uh, about 10 days going into Christmas and do a little Christmas special out in, out in one of the places on the strip. But other than that, I'll be in Nashville working on my stuff and always releasing new stuff and working with this man right here and uh, enjoying some time with Mr. Frank because he and I have a lot to write. I mean, I can score anything. I've ended up already scoring with friends, multiple movies that have done very, very well. I've been very blessed in the writing world. And uh, so I, I think it's time to get into the, the visual with this director, man, this, this, this writer, man, and, and we can make any music that we need to make. Amen to that. <laughs> now, also with this play, especially, it's very heavy on mental health because obviously 
when you go through anything like this, your mental health has to be affected. There's no way around it. And during the pandemic, we definitely saw mental health come to the forefront, finally, where people were talking about it more. So for each of you, how do you deal with your own mental health, keeping it in check, even through difficult times like the past few years where, especially being in the arts, how difficult it was, what do you do to stay balanced and to keep that steady? Frank, you wanna go first or you wanna go second? Oh golly, I may as well go first because uh, Ace, Ace has a, a better better uh, line on on uh, how to uh, how to keep your mental health in check than I do. Certainly, uh, I have to say, and you know, I've had bouts, major bouts, with depression. Uh, anxiety seems to be an issue as I get older. I never used to be anxious, um, but I have to say, the pandemic did not hit me in a negative the way the way it hit other people. I, it, it kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, it allowed me to shift my direction from stage to my first love, which was film. It allowed me to adapt a lot of my work into screenplays. And this helped my mental health as the pandemic was going on because as a writer, you can be alone and do all these things. And when I, when I shifted everything to screenplays, I found, they were they, uh, consent, uh, screw the cow, um, lured. They started winning all these awards. And I'm like, oh my God, I guess I could be a screenwriter, which is something I was always afraid of. And then I had a, a, a brilliant producer come along, um, Ashley Garrett, shout out to Ashley, who um, said, how much do you need to make a short film? It was my fi uh, fig jam. I had just written an audio play and then I turned it into a screenplay and she read it, she loved it. She said, you know, go and make it. She gave me the money. And um, last year we made Fig Jam uh, with Carlotta, uh, actually as the lead. And um, that- I love that, the, Fig and I love Jam. <laughs> and it was just an extraordinary experience because the film is playing throughout the world right now at, at festivals. And I'm like, wow, Amazing. this you know really shifted me into a, um, the, the world that I've always loved most. And um, not to be negative, but I do want to say this, it also, the American theater and producers and artistic directors always say that they want diversity uh, with work, but the truth is that isn't true. The truth is they want either the same old, same old, or whatever's in vogue that proves that they're diverse. I got tired of people wanting to change my work. Vatican Falls, just so you guys know, back in 2008, somebody wanted to produce it, but they didn't like the idea that there were gay characters in it. And they really didn't like the idea that there was an inference that um, Ricardo might be bisexual or whatever kind of fluidity. Uh, and so they tried to get me to change the script and I refused and it didn't get made back then. So wow. to just, yeah, and that, that's the truth. We came, you know, I mean, it would have happened, but I, I just, I'm not gonna compromise my characters. Now oh. to bring it back to your question, um, I still don't deal with uh, anxiety really well. I will let one little thing bother me. All, all these wonderful things can happen. And that one person who says the one thing or the one, I, I, and I have to find a way to move away from that, but I haven't figured that out yet. Uh, and that's me being brutally honest. You're up, Ace. Because hey, he like has been a beacon. He has been a beacon. I have a feeling. I, uh, <laughs> I, I I totally agree with Frank in the sense that a turd in a punch bowl definitely ruins the drink. 
So one thing can resonate the wrong way. Um, for me, the, the key is leading with love. Even when someone hasn't prepared what they need to prepare, they're not ready for the day, myself included, if we're not ready for the day, that's the time we have to do the work. Um, at some point, you got to do the work. And whether the work is on yourself or it's literally learning the script or learning what, what it means to you or finding a way to get out of the script, whatever the work is, that's yours to do. And you have to do it on your own so that you can be directed. You can actually take direction. Um, for me, my, my self-love has, has been really, really rebuilt since Pride Day, actually, of all the days. On Pride Day, I was doing a show with my wife and we were in Chicago acting like we could roller skate in these fictitious skates. I was on my last show run of a two month run doing eight shows a week. And I had been moonwalking all over the stage in these little moon boots. And I, uh, I didn't make it. That, that show, the matinee, I, I had a little bit of a catch on the bottom of my shoe as I was sliding across the stage. And one of my feet went under me and everybody in the whole place heard one of my bones snap. And I popped a bone in my foot and, uh, and I faked my way through the rest of that number, got off the stage. And when the next number happened, I pulled my boot off and my foot had a new joint. And I screamed so loud that the band stopped playing. I was in an ambulance and I went to the hospital for the first time in an ambulance. So I had seven weeks because of surgery not being available. The bone that it had to go through was too small, holding all the ligaments of my fifth metatarsal under my ankle. So it was just sitting next to itself. And for seven weeks, I didn't put any weight on it. And I had a lot of self-realization time and I could have gone dark, uh, had every right to throw a hissy fit, but I had an angel. I had my wife and she took care of me and she didn't discipline me when I woke up at three in the morning and had to put my boot on and my crutches on. And I didn't make it to the bathroom when I started peeing because it just took too damn long to get there in the first place. Like she was my rock. So for me, I think it resonates Yes, you have to fill your own cup. You have to be enough for yourself without your partner. But when you find the right partner, they're always going to keep you on the right. So you know what you're working for. You know that you're working for time with that person to share anywhere in the world, just to replace all the memories in the places that you didn't like the last memory or make new memories in all the places that you've never been. So for me, my rock is my wife. I mean, shit, I got her on my neck for a reason because I need to remember that she's always with me. But my cup has, has been so overfilled with joy and blessings that during this time, I get a show like, like Vatican Falls, where I don't have an audition for a full-on dance call because I can't do it. And I get to actually dive into the muscle of my brain. And I get to cleanse myself of the, the trauma that I've carried in my body just by doing the work. I literally get to face the things I had to go through. And I get to revisit how they made me feel, but I get to let it go for the first time in my life. And it's, it's exhilarating. So I go to work every day, even in rehearsals, I didn't want to leave. I wanted to bring a camping tent, a sleeping bag, and I wanted to bring s'mores to keep people there. I'd be like, no, 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 we don't have to go home. My wife's in Tennessee. Let's just stay here and keep running this scene. Like I wanted to be there. I wanted to build the camaraderie. And, and, and that's what this play allowed me to do. It allowed me to work my brain muscle. It allowed me to, to trust my body. It allowed me to, literally, I'm building trust back on my foot. I get my 20-week x-ray next week. I'm flying back to Nashville for two days, coming back to do the next week of shows. And it's, it's like, it's just a real reset, a real start, but it's also an awakening to a degree. And if I decide that my normal 
is incredible every day. I get quarterly checks for songs I wrote 15 years ago. I, I, my life is incredible. I, I literally get free money. I, do, I, I get to hang out with my wife in a house that we bought for cash because we did 328 shows in Joseph and stacked it. And we literally bought a fixer upper, but we own it. Oh my God, I can put my stuff somewhere. My life is incredible. I just have to pay property tax, unlike the church, but it's still incredible. So I already start at incredible. I get to help my friends make their dreams happen. I get to literally help Frank let this be heard because no one can stop me. We're going to let this thing go out. And we already have, we've hit the stage and people cried with me. That first show was hard, man. I stood up at the end and everybody stood clapping and I sobbed like a baby. And then Frank gave me a big kiss and he sobbed like a baby. And we rejoiced the fact that we did it. We got past 2006. We got past age seven. We got past some shit. And now we're going to celebrate it. And we're going to have new ideas because now we can. My life is incredible. So then if anybody has a bad day, you're just going to bring me back to great. And I'm going to help you get through your bad day, get you to your incredible. And I'll be right back there in the morning when I wake up. I'm super blessed. Like I said, mental wise, oh, he's the right guy to be around. Let me tell you. That Frank gets a good ace hug. He gets good ace <laughs> hugs, and, and, and I don't let go until I'm ready. That's so I, I'm probably going to get written up for it because he's a good hugger as well. <laughs> but I'm a big teddy bear. Like, I, I love the tangibles. I feel like we need to change the name of my show from Prelude to Positivity to Prelude to Ace. Hey! <laughs> <That's> <laughs> hey, you'll be further in the front of the alphabet. <laughs> a comes before P. <laughs> but we I would be honest. <laughs> definitely we talked about how um the impact of the play was so powerful but the negative parts like the church coming after you people yelling at you in the street but there's also the other part where it's so it deeply affects people so how has that been for you to actually be faced with people having a reaction to it on the mm. other side it's affecting the, deeply appreciative these, of it yeah the single most extraordinary thing is when a survivor comes up to me and it happened many times with the staged readings and the readings um and it's happened with this run already and either thank us um or just tell their story i've had mm. people tell their story i've had people who never told anyone before mm. tell, yeah, tell you know share that with me and that's why I do this. You know, I mean, God gave me a, whatever God is. God gave me a gift I can write. You know, I can't do anything else. I can't fix anything in the house. I need to call a lesbian to do that. I'm allowed to I'll say be that. Your I'll, be your I'll be your lesbian. I'll be your lesbian. I have the same interests. I mean, we're good. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm, I honestly, I have no other talents. <laughs> but I do, I, I do have this one thing I can do. Uh, and to be able to do it, like with Lord. To have been able to tell that story um, about the Russian persecution of gays and that, with Vatican Falls, because Vatican Falls writing it changed my life in so many different ways and continues to change my life. You know, to be to have somebody want to share their most painful experiences because I've shared some of mine and many others um, is really extraordinary and and to say that this show is cathartic for them, not because of the revenge twist, but because they know they're not alone, because they know that mm -hmm. that shame that we as Catholics are taught um, mm -hmm. 
you know, needs to, it never goes away, but it needs to be tempered. And sometimes we can diffuse it. It really does never go away, unfortunately. Yeah. No. But we can do everything we can to push it down. Um, Ace, you have the floor. We can also celebrate it. You know, the, the things that make us insecure are also the things that identify us. For me, it was my rosy cheeks. When I was a kid, man, I was nervous about my rosy cheeks. I was like, this person's going to think that I'm bashful. And I'm the least bashful person in the world. They're going to think that I'm interested just because I'm puffing up with the red. And, and it made me very insecure. I felt like I was given the wrong reads, but it took an adult to sit me down. That was a doctor that said, you have great circulation. That's why your cheeks are rosy. So it was a good thing. But my body had to hear it. So my shame inside wouldn't shame myself for being different. Those little things that we think are, are the things that we need to make better are actually the things we need to audibly celebrate. And I look in the mirror now and I say, yo, rosy cheeks, thanks for making me not wear makeup in the morning news. I appreciate you. And if you ever go away, I know I drank too much alcohol last night and I got to do some more water and a little heart workout. I appreciate you. They're good things. They're things that make you an identity. They make you you. You're not a cookie cut mold of what the, everybody else is doing when you get your lips done and your eyes done and your face puffed and all the shit that people do just to get past their insecurities. So for me, it's all about celebrating what you got. And I actually today, Frank, I haven't told you yet because I haven't had time. I today had someone reach out and ask me, because they're a survivor, if this would have any triggering effects. And that's a really interesting question. Yeah. No one, that, no one that's, that's, that's never been through suicide, like if you've never experienced it, you wouldn't even understand to ask. It's yeah. a really deep question. And talking to me, they don't realize I've already been through it. So I can actually meet them on the conversation. So we're sitting there. And I'm, I'm in this conversation where I hit back and I say, hey, this show is the first time you're going to hear real discussion about suicide, depression, and misconduct. It's a real conversation. This is not hush-hushing it. It won't trigger anything in that realm. But there is some real shit that happens during the play. Because as you know, when you have suicide and depression thoughts, you're not going to all get out 100% alive. So it's going to have some things that happen. So I would appreciate if you do come to the show that you meet me after and I can just look you in the eyes and make sure you're good. And you can tell me whatever you got to tell me and we can go through it together because I've already been through it. And she instantly hit me back and said, all right, I think I'm coming on Friday. Wow. You know, and it's so funny. Step. Of course it is. And we had something similar happen because I had I had a, a guy online ask me a very similar question about triggers. And I, I literally took him through the steps of what was in the show just so he would be prepared. And he said, oh, his main concern was that he was concerned that there was a graphic depiction of something. I'm like, no, no, no. Mm. You know, there are a lot is talked about, but there's no graphic depiction of anything. No. Um, and if, if there's anything, it's more a bird's eye view. And you're lucky to see it. So now you further better understand why we are the way we are in the play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so honest. I, I can't, I can't put it out there enough. Like it's, it's as honest as you getting out of the shower in the morning and saying all the, what you need to say positive things about the negative things you're thinking. Mm -hmm. Cause your body listens, man. And if you just literally go, yo, like, man, I wish it wasn't cold in here this morning but you show every time I need you, like just talk to yourself. It's such a reassuring thing to just let your body hear it because then your body can let go and you got to let go. 
we got to move on. We got to be here. We got to be present and we got to celebrate life because if anybody's ever been at the end of it, potentially, you got to celebrate it even more than you did ever in your whole existence because you saw the end and you decided that you wanted to stick around. Let's celebrate that. Definitely. I, I always tell people that if they don't stick around, they're never going to know how the story ends. So don't you want to know how your story ends? Because I do. I definitely do. Most definitely. We have a lot of stories to be had still. We have a lot of people we haven't even met yet, but they're, they're magnificent. And they're going through their stuff right now while you're going through your stuff right now. So you guys can meet on the freeway of life experience and enjoy the ride. Yeah, you know, it's to piggyback on that, I think I think we don't realize that when we're nervous about something, half the time, most of the time, that other person is too. You know, it's like we're both, you know, if we could only bridge that, if this country could only bridge that, uh, but I won't, I won't go into that. Oh, it's simple. A dog that bites is a dog that's, that's afraid the other dog's going to bite it. So they're just biting first. They're literally yeah. afraid. That's, that's yep. life. We're all just dogs. I know 2000 commands. Like, that's it. We're not that deep. Frank is. And I need him to write more stuff because I need his, I need his experience and his life. And I will learn from him and I will create art for centuries. Centuries. <laughs> Can't wait, brother. Now, I always ask people this because I think it's interesting to get the answers from them. But I want from each of you, what is one thing that you absolutely cannot live without? And then mm -hmm. one thing that you wish we could all live without? I'm going to let you take this first, Ace. <laughs> mm. One thing I absolutely cannot live without is love. That's the one thing I can't, I can't go a day without it. Um, if there's no love, there's no reason for anything. So I, I am all about love. Love is my, my one thing I cannot live without. The one thing that, uh, what, the second phrasing, phrase that one more time for uh, me. One me. thing you wish we could all live without. Sour Patch Kids. Man, they're good. Why are they so tasty? <laughs> Sour Patch Kids well, are my jam. I literally eat a whole bag on one side of my mouth just to see if my in, inlay of my skin will stay intact before <laughs> I throw it to the other side. It's a challenge. Uh, and then I think you misunderstood it, though, because I was wondering what you wish we could all live without. What we could all live without? Yeah. Well, one, we one thing I wish I wish we could all live <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I would. In, in all honesty, I wish we could all live without fear and shame. I, I feel that those are the wrong ways to teach any animal, let alone each other. I feel that those are the wrong ways to remember anything. Um, I feel that uh, by pulling out a story where you know it doesn't end well for someone in the room, you're being a bully. And I feel that all bullies should be kicked in the balls and figure out where they need to put their nuts to get in the snow so they can come back as a human again. <laughs> wow. I don't like bullies, Tommy. No, uh, do I. I've dealt with many of them growing up, so I know. I, I used to get kicked in, kicked to the office every, ever since kindergarten because I would fight the bullies from, they could be sixth grade. I was in first grade and I knew how to beat them because they're my brother's friends. But if they bullied my buddies, I knew they couldn't take it. I'd climb their body, put them in a chokehold. And when they woke up, I'd say, don't do that again. And I, I went to the office a lot, but I never started it. Yeah, that we always get in trouble for defending other people right instead of being rewarded for it that's one of the other things when you're growing up you should be rewarded in some way for that because if we all defended each other maybe we're never as many problems as we do yeah 
It's true, but you are you are rewarded by that person that knew that they were going to get their ass kicked, mm -hmm. and then they literally they're your friend forever, and they got you. They know that if you're in the room, they're going to be okay. I mean, truthfully, we all deserve that comfort. There should always be someone in the room that makes us all feel like shit. If a bear came in right now, we're all right. It's just hungry. We'll give it our snacks. It's not going to eat one of us. Let's get your PB and J's <laughs> ready, guys. Uh, and Frank, what's your one thing that you cannot live without and then one thing you wish we could all live without? Golly, one thing. That's so hard. Uh, I'm going to do the uh, not uh, wish we could live without first. Mm. Runner up social media. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the winner... And the winner would be nuclear weapons. I wish oh, we could dude. rid this world of all nuclear weapons so it wouldn't even be a thought. Yeah. Putin can ride um, on the first one that goes up to blow all the other ones up. That sounds good. Yeah. Uh, and That's ridiculous. That's scary. Yeah. What I can't live without. Oh my God, there's so many. I'm um, like, Jesus, my husband, creativity. Uh, theater, a film, uh, I one thing, uh, Ace. Uh, I mean, I one thing. <laughs> Thank you. I made one, the list. <laughs> uh, one thing is so difficult. Um, I, I get, you know, I mean, I guess I would just have to go with like passion, mm -hmm. just to have the, the ability to have to feel passion. Yeah, please never take that away from me. Oh, and um, to have my mental faculties, <laughs> because the minute they go away, you're fucked. <laughs> that's true. Or you just have a lot of friends that nobody gets to see. That's that's true. Yeah, that that was know, mom in I, her later years. Yeah, I know we all got a few friends up here. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I you're too smart to ever let it go. Oh, yeah, definitely not. I want to congratulate both of you on this iteration of this play because it's had a lot of them but I feel like this one is the one that is the most powerful to date um, and I think you guys are doing amazing work and if I can say it's kind of like the god's work because hey yeah you know, it's bringing all these people into the if alone for whatever reason not only if they had been abused by the catholic church but if they've been abused by someone else abused by life, abused by themselves. Like there's so many different levels that you can go in while you're watching it. And I think that's where all the tears come from. As I'm watching the people in the audience that night that I was watching it, it there was nobody with dry eyes, but I don't think everybody had the crying for the same reason. Yeah, so yeah. I totally agree. I totally well, that's agree. why, that's yeah. When we say survivors, you know, it's like, it's not just fellow, you know, Catholic sex abuse survivors. It's, you know, every, every kind of, um, abuse survivor, every every person who's ever been bullied, every person who's been made to feel less than. Um, we have extreme ways that people abuse one another, you know, of course, and it's, it's horrific, but they're, they're also, you know, I mean, they're also little, little bits of mental abuse that people don't even realize that they're doing. Like, you know, a mother saying to her child, well, I don't mind that you're gay, but it would be great if you weren't. Uh, mm -hmm. That's right out of my play consent deliberately because mm. like that makes the child all of a sudden feel less than, you know, just that, that little phrase there. Mm -hmm. um, every there, the world postures and it, and it doesn't always posture in your favor. And everybody at some point has been cornered with something that they needed to get out of. And they felt the panic. They felt the survival. They felt the lack of camaraderie. Uh, they felt the aloneness and no one should ever feel 
anything but joy of what they're going to step forward into by choice unapologetically through their day. That's what we all deserve. We deserve that freedom, never to be cornered. No one ever has the right to corner you like they're the wolf and they're going to eat you or whatever you give them in their, in your pocket. It's not fair. This, this definitely celebrates your existence and letting you know that that is wrong. That's really the biggest thing. And sometimes you just got to hear that, yo, that shit was fucked up. And you just said your story and you hear it once and then you go, okay, all right. Well, now I realize it. So I'm going to let it go. We deserve that. Um, before we go, I know social media is a pain in the ass sometimes, but um, that's probably the best way for people to be connected to you, right? So there are good points of it. So where can people find you if they want to follow you and remind us how when the play is running and all those good things? Nice. Well, you can give me, I'm only on Instagram. I gave up Facebook and learned the guitar because it just took too much time and it took too much information. I like doing a post-it with a little stanza. So uh, Instagram, just Ace Young, Ace Young on Instagram. And uh, Vatican Falls, you'll see the Vatican Falls Instagram is there as well. You can get your tickets at the Vatican Falls website or at Tank's website. We are open for three more weeks, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And uh, our official opening starts this Thursday. And it's seven o'clock, seven o'clock Friday, three o'clock Saturday, seven o'clock Sunday. We're going until November 20th and that's it. So make sure you come out and you see the show as soon as possible because we only have a hundred seats. So you might not be able to get in if you're conveniently able to come to the November 20th show. So make sure you come as soon as you can. Come tomorrow, come Thursday, come Friday, seven o'clock, seven o'clock, Saturdays are three, Sundays are seven, three more weeks, Vatican Falls at a tank on West 36th. We can't wait to see you guys and give you a big hug after. Hey, he pretty much said it all. I mean, yeah, vaticanfalls.com, you can hit the little <laughs> ticket button there, or as he said, go right to the tank. Uh, I'm on social media. Um, as uh, F-J-A-K-L-U-T-E. Those are my initials, F-J-A, and the movie Clute with Jane Fonda. You can oh, wow. find me across all channels. <laughs> and I, I didn't mean to bash social media as much as I am bashing um, how people are going after people. Uh, no, I, I agree with you. I, love, I am a social media lover because it started my entire uh, career pretty much and my courage I found my courage through that but uh, I know these days especially between the Elon Musks and the other fella that was in office for a while it's become a real pain <laughs> yeah Frank also yeah. likes his tangibles he Frank likes his tangibles he wants to actually be in the room with you and talk to you he doesn't want to see you comment in a box that he didn't know you commented in and it's three days later he wants to yeah. he wants to get the conversation out because he doesn't he doesn't beat around the bush and I love that about no, you Frank no. well yes yes and I don't and I don't want our kids growing up to feel suicidal because they don't get the right amount of likes or because mm -hmm. you know um, they're they're being bullied on so it's so easy to do all that nowadays and everybody's a prisoner to that and they mm -hmm. need to they need to put the phone down and realize that there's a whole world out there that they should experience like in the room with other people oh yeah yeah definitely definitely uh any last words you'd like to leave everyone with frank you got anything i got something you go I, first sir oh okay i mean uh you know honestly um yeah i'm i'm grateful for so much i'm grateful this show is up um and uh you know i mean i I hope to 
I hope to continue to hear other people's stories. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I, like I said earlier, I've been given a gift that I can write, and uh, I, I kind of want to die with, um, uh, you know, next to my MacBook, typing. <laughs> that would be that would be my wish. Not not anytime soon. <laughs> no, no, long time for now. Long, long time. <laughs> it'll it'll be with a beautiful glass of red wine that you're sipping yes. on and some olives next to it. And you're going to have just the perfect little time. You already got it. You see it, but there's no hurry to get there. You got a lot of olives and a lot of wine to drink before that day. Amen. For me, I, I have to say, if, if you want to get to know who I really am and what I've been through and not just the, the shiny shit that productions really show in, in the musical land, if you actually really want to get real with me, with Ace, Please come see this show and celebrate celebrate life with us and celebrate the camaraderie that is life. Because without you and without us together doing stuff, there's no reason to be here. Let's be honest. Like it's all about us working together and making this place better than we found it. So come celebrate Vatican Falls. And uh, yeah, I don't even know you yet, but I love you if you're listening. And I hope one day you love yourself as much as I love you because you deserve it. So come celebrate Vatican Falls with us at the tank. We got three more weeks and it's going to be a very emotional ride, but I'm very excited for it. I'm working with amazing people. And if you, if you do have a story, tell Frank about it because that might make a movie. You don't even know. And Frank might be calling you because your story hit him pretty real and really hard. And you might become a producer just by speaking your truth. See you soon. Thank you, Tommy. Thank, Thank you, Tommy. Tommy, I appreciate the support over the years. It means everything. Oh, always, always, always. Thank you so much. In my mind, you hold me and kiss me. In my mind, you passionately love me. In my mind, you dine me. Stay, I realize there is